In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. May His grace and His blessing be with us now and unto the age of all ages. Amen. I greet you, dear brothers and sisters, on this, the fourth Sunday of the blessed Coptic month of Paope. And this morning we heard the magnificent and the powerful gospel reading from Luke chapter 7, verses 11 through 17, which spoke about a widow and her only son and their encounter with our Lord Jesus Christ. Our Savior entered into a city in southern Galilee called Nain, and he was with his disciples and a great multitude. And at this time, there was a great crowd coming out of the gate of the city in a funeral procession for a young man, the only son of his widowed mother. And this man had recently died. And when our Lord saw her, he had compassion on her, and he said to her from the midst of the crowd, Weep not, and touched the open coffin so that those carrying it stood still. He then manifested his glorious divinity to all who were present, and he commanded the young man, saying to him, I say to you, arise. And instantly the young man was raised from the den in front of both great crowns, and our Savior tenderly presented him back to his mother. With God's grace, I would like to meditate with you on this beautiful and powerful story in only three points. First of all, let us meditate on the place where this great miracle took place, the beautiful gate of the city or the town of Nain. As the Holy Evangelist Luke tells us, our Lord Jesus Christ arrived at the gate of Nain, accompanied not only by his disciples, but by a large multitude as well. And you can imagine what kind of congestion, what kind of traffic would have been caused by this large multitude coming into the gate of this small city at the time. But there was also another source of congestion. At the very same time that our Lord was entering with the multitudes with him, there was a funeral procession of a young man, the son, the only son of his widowed mother, coming out of the very same gate of the city. And so at the gate of the city of Nain, these two processions collide. These two processions collide. In the procession that is leaving the town, you have death. And in the procession that's going into the town, you have life himself. You have our Lord Jesus Christ. And so we can say, therefore, that at the beautiful gate of Nain, death met life himself. And then what happens? Death stops in its tracks. Our Lord stretched forth his hand and death stopped. Listen carefully to verse 14 of today's passage. And he came and touched the bier, the bier is the coffin, and they that bear him stood still. 
He touched the coffin, and that procession of death stopped. It stopped. And then he said, Young man, I say unto thee, arise. Meditate with me, dear brothers and sisters, on this beautiful scene. This funeral procession that is leaving the gate of Nain represents the funeral procession of all of humanity. From the time of Adam and Eve's disobedience, humanity has been one long funeral procession. As the saintly Romanian priest, Father George Calciu, said, history is by definition the chronology of unhappiness, the chronology of death. Because despite our many great achievements as the human race, death remained our inevitable end. Consider, for example, one of perhaps one of the best examples of this concept, the great conqueror Alexander of Macedonia, to whom history has given the title Alexander the Great. Although he conquered most of the known world during his time, he came face to face with death at the young age of 32, most likely the victim of poisoning. Consider all of the astronauts and cosmonauts who have explored space and even landed on the moon. Consider all of the brilliant scientists who have discovered much about how God created the world and cured many diseases. All of the military heroes and politicians who have conquered nations, all of the great artists whose works are now considered to be priceless, and many other great men and women whose accomplishments fill the annals of human history. No matter what their accomplishments were, their end was death, because the history of humanity has been one long funeral procession. As Henry Ford, the wealthy industrialist, famously said, history is one damned thing after another. And of course, most likely he didn't mean anything spiritual by his words, but he nonetheless captures a spiritual truth that history is one condemned thing after another because man has no answer for death. Our history is one long funeral procession. But then something wonderful happened. Our Lord Jesus Christ today halted that funeral procession. Death, which is not natural to mankind, was stopped in its tracks because of the life-giving resurrection of the Son of God from the dead. He proved that He is not only the Lord of the living, but He is also the Lord over death itself. And there is an interesting um, note about today's passage. If you notice, in verse 13, St. Luke says the following, And when the Lord saw her, he's saying this right before he raises up her son. But we notice his word choice. He said, And the Lord saw her. What is interesting about this, I looked this up, and I think this is really interesting, Today's gospel comes from Luke chapter 7. Would it surprise you to learn that for the previous six chapters, St. Luke did not call our Lord Jesus Christ by that word Lord even a single time. In the first six chapters, he does not use the word Lord. 
But here, when he is about to raise the son of the widow, our we see the Holy Evangelist Luke using the word Lord to describe Christ. And that word choice is intentional because St. Luke is telling us that our Lord is indeed the Lord who is triumphant over death and the power of death over us. And so at the gate of Nain, at this beautiful gate, death came face to face with life. And the, the funeral procession that is human history came to a stop. Second, let us meditate on our Lord's compassion in this beautiful story. St. Luke records four actions that our Lord did in today's gospel. He sees the widow. He feels compassion for her. He touches the bier. And then he commands the dead man to rise. The last two actions, of course, deal with how our Lord raised the dead young man. But I want to meditate on the first two actions. He sees the widow and he feels compassion towards her. You will recall, dear brothers and sisters, that there are two other times in the gospel in which our Savior raised people from the dead. And interestingly, in those stories, he raised people at the request of their loved ones. He raised the daughter of Jairus at the request of her father, and he raised Lazarus at the request of his sisters. But in today's gospel, we are confronted with something quite different. Our Lord spontaneously gazed upon the widow and had compassion for her. And throughout the rest of the gospel, we read about Christ seeing people and have compassion, having compassion on them. He saw Zacchaeus. He saw the man who was born blind. He saw the multitude of people who were hungry in the wilderness. He saw the widow today who lost her only son to death. And in all of these events, we see our Savior seeing people and having compassion on them and doing something for them spontaneously. And in light of this, dear brothers and sisters, we should continually pray throughout our lives, Lord, look at me, see me, and have compassion on me. Because to be seen by God is to feel his compassion. This is why the holy prophet King David, he oftentimes cries out in the Psalms, look at me, behold my toil. Because to be in the mind of God, to be seen by God, is to feel His presence and to feel His tender love. This is why, if you were ever wondering, this is why we continually pray in our liturgy, remember, O Lord, the peace of the one only Holy Catholic Church. Remember our patriarch. Remember the clergy. Remember the salvation of the world, etc., why are we using that word remember? Does God forget? God does not forget. But that is our prayer in order that we may be seen by God. Because to be seen by God is to feel His compassion, to feel His presence, to be a recipient of His tender love. 
And what a great comfort it is in today's gospel to be reminded that Christ indeed sees every burden in our lives, every anguish in our hearts, every anxiety in our minds, and every single tear that we shed. He sees them just as he saw the widow who lost her only son in today's gospel. Third, and finally, let us meditate on the preciousness of life in today's gospel. As you have heard, the story of the raising of the son of the widow of Nain is a story of our Lord's invincible power over death, which he manifested out of his spontaneous compassion towards a widow who lost her only son. And this compassion and this power reminds us indeed that life is precious. Life is precious. Sadly, it is sometimes hard to remember this in our modern society because every day we, um, we are bombarded with news of mass killings and barbaric murders in the Middle East and in wars throughout the world. We hear of similar tragedies by the hundreds each and every day, whether from terrorism or from wars or abortions or school violence and many more. And the more we hear about this tragic loss of life every single day, the more life becomes nothing more than a statistic the more our hearts grow cold as we become desensitized to the loss of life in the world. And this desensitization of human life takes its toll on us spiritually as well because the more we devalue life, the life of others, the more we devalue our own lives as well. The great Russian spiritual diarist, Father Alexander Elkaninov, he wrote in his famous work, Diary of a Russian Priest, Life is precious and a unique gift, and we squander it foolishly and carelessly, forgetful of its brevity. Life, dear brothers and sisters, is something to be cherished, something to be celebrated, because what we make of life has far-reaching impact on our eternity. Right? What we do with this life, with this life that God has given us, has a far-reaching consequence in terms of how we are going to live forever. Abuna Matta il-Miskin, or Father Matthew the Poor, as he is called in the West, he said something beautiful. He said, No other creature in the universe except man has been given the authority to transform time into eternity. The hour in which you stand to pray is itself transformed into eternal life. So look at what Abuna is telling us here. He's telling us that man is unique in the sense that what we do in the life that God has given us has an impact on our eternal lives. So if we stand to pray for one hour, that has an impact on our eternal life that first of all helps us to receive the eternal life with Christ, but then it transforms what our eternal life is going to be. We take the time that God has given us 
and we can transform it by our actions into eternity. And that is one of the reasons why life is so precious, because this life that God has given us is a chance for us to work out our salvation, to be His light in the world, to serve Him, to serve one another, to imitate Him, to be like Him, and to be worthy after all is said and done, to share in His eternal kingdom. May God grant us always to remember that life is precious, and may God grant us as well to remember His victory, His invincible victory over death, and His compassion towards each and every one of us, His creation. To Him be all glory, to the All-Holy Father, to the All-Holy Son, and to the All-Holy Spirit, now and forever, and unto the age of all ages. Amen. Você...